He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast for Tuesday, May 9th, 2023. Quick bit of business. Two weeks from now, May 21st at the Laughing Skull Lounge, 5 p.m. Yeah, that's right. I'm doing the Alfresco podcast recording off of a busy, the busiest road, the most iconic road in Atlanta, Georgia, Peachtree Road. So there's going to be some background noise. I'm in the mobile studio today recording the podcast. You might hear a little bit of ambient traffic noise. And you know what? That's part of living in a city. I want to do the order of business. May 21st, 5 p.m. at the Laughing Skull Lounge. It is What's Your Problem, Volume 4. With the original cast and crew back together. Myself, LeVar Walker, Flo So Amazing, Nick Murphy, and your warm-up comic extraordinaire, Zane Sharif. They are the first four that were on the, well, you know, you know, the, the, uh, the genesis of the show. <laughs> uh, and we, that's, 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 that's what's happening. That's what's happening. May 21st, buy your tickets, laughingskullounge.com. Come support, come have your problems solved. Reminder, we are not going to roast you. We're not going to talk to you unless you Raise your hand and say, hey, here's a situation I have with these dogs and these lesbians next door. Then we'll solve your problems. Then we'll talk to you. But you're not going to just show up, sit in the audience, and get blowtorched. That's not going to happen. Come down. It's a real good time. As you know, I believe very strongly in this show and appreciate the Laughing Skull's support in helping me get it off the ground, and I'd love to see you there. So that's Sunday, May 21st, 5 p.m., Midtown Atlanta, Georgia, just a mere seven blocks away from the latest active shooter situation. And I don't know, there's probably been 500 of them since that was uh, last Wednesday. Uh, So come say hello. There's active shootings everywhere. (laughs) There was a massacre in Texas this weekend. You know, and the story said uh, the the headline I saw was people search for motive. Who gives a fuck? Can we can we agree on that? Who cares what your motive is? It was unwarranted and unfounded to massacre people. So let's stop glorifying turning these monsters into people. If we're not going to ever address the things in their hands enabling this goddamn massacre, then let's at least look to them and not turn them into human beings. Let's dehumanize them, not give them any goddamn backstory, not say how every single one of them seems to have been in the military at some point. Let's not do any of that shit. Try to find their motives, state their names, five facts to know about. I don't care about any of it. I think you agree with... I know you agree with me. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, Laughing Skull Lounge, May 21st, 5 p.m., uh, also, tonight is Limerick, people in Chicago. It's a good one with some of my favorites. I encourage you to come by, see Patrick Devine. Our friend from Nashville will be down joining the show. I'm thrilled for that. Angel Contreras, Crystal Pierce, all these people you know and love from Limerick. Also, had uh, who's closing it out? I think Greg Barons is going to close out the main show. Brian King is going to be on. It's just uh, one of my... You know, if I were going to book a lineup among people I just want to hang out with and talk comedy and break balls, this would be a, a lineup that would check a lot of those boxes. So, and, and you know what? I'm still missing someone. And the other person that I forgot to tell you about is Christian Davis also. So come to Limerick Johnson. Come to Limerick Johnson. 
come to Limerick. <laughs> I have a Johnson. I have a Limerick for you. That's tonight, 9 p.m. You know where. You know when. Here's the thing. We got a note from 15 underscore versus underscore 15. Thank you so much, my friend, for communicating with the podcast. I'm grateful, and you know why? I'm grateful because 15 in leaving a review, like so many of you have chosen not to do, <laughs> has made me feel a little less alone in the world. And he left a very sweet review, this one saying, five stars, the show. Mr. Host, I think it's fly that you are doing what makes you feel like you and makes you happy. You know what? I believe him. I believe that 15, believe, I believe that 15 is happy for me. And I believe that 15 thinks it's fly that I'm doing that. But here is the big thing. 15 says in the next statement, he says, you have inspired me. Okay, that's what I'm talking about. That's what this podcast is about. (laughs) American hypocrisy, stand-up comedy, getting my act together, humor, American hypocrisy, gun violence, and self-help. We're going to rebrand self-help, 15, you know that. because it just has such a strange connotation to it, right? Guys with wispy hairs and lavalier mics encouraging you through their perfectly capped teeth to look inside yourself and live the life that's best for you and give them your money. You can give me your money. You can Venmo me at Yes Joe Smith. That would be fine, but I'm not trying to be that dude. Uh, I'm glad it inspires you, 15. So thank you for communicating that through your review. I want to uh, close the loop on 15's uh, review, which says, I think that was it. That was the bulk of it. Mr. Host, I think it's fly that you are doing what makes you happy. Wait, what? I think it's fly that you are doing what makes you feel like you and makes you happy. You have inspired me. Thank you, sir. One five out deuces. 15. That means a lot. And you know what? Let's go. Let's keep going. I'm dead serious. I've been, as I told you, I've been getting up at 7 goddamn o'clock in the morning, not going back to sleep, doing what makes me feel most like myself. I did it across the weekend. Weekends, the latest nights of the year for your stand-up comics. The latest nights cup of coffee downstairs before the world starts encroaching upon me and I don't mean that in a bad way but before anything else can get into my brain I give a kiss to my wife I give a kiss to my daughter there's not even a waffle torn up yet I say girl do you want me to start the waffle do you want me to put some raisin bran together or or not or have my wife do it I get the first cup of coffee I get the water I go down into the basement where there is a table that is Exclusive, not exclusively, it is designed for me to be comfortable sitting down, making me feel, doing what makes me feel most like myself, and that is writing. And I did it across the weekend, and 15, you're probably going to be pleased about to hear this, and I hope it continues to inspire you. I did the first for over the last week when I've been going down there and doing the morning pages. I've been writing for 30, 35 minutes, trying to just get my head around what I was doing, reflecting on the fact that here I am doing what 
most makes me feel like myself. I'm feeling that carry over into my life where I feel even better. A man whose delusional self-importance knows no bounds can possibly feel greater? Is, not, is that not geometrically impossible? But I feel like I have an additional like swag in my life because I'm like living life, as I said, on my terms. I'm doing writing makes me feel expressing myself, talking on the podcast, makes me feel most like myself. So last week, I kind of got myself back in that habit of doing that every morning first thing, getting the morning pages out of out of the way. The, the whole exercise for me around the morning pages is to declutter your brain, get some of the shit on your mind out so then you can focus on the things that you really want to tackle. Chi-town saved me this, like you mentioned, it's, it's clarifying the goals. It's, it's, it's not being... If you don't do the morning pages, you have 10 million thoughts in your head like, I should do this, I should do that, I should do this, I should do that. If you get the morning pages sort of tussling, toggling around this information in your head, you get it to a place where it's like, you know, all right, I made peace with that, I wrote about it for a few sentences, I turned it over. But really, as, as I separate the wheat from the chaff, the signal from the noise, the signal comes through, this is where you should be addressing your attention. And over the last week, I realized most acutely that I want to be in those writing sessions, not necessarily the morning pages when I feel like my brain is decluttered. I want to be doing two things. I want to be focused on writing jokes, and I want to be focused on writing this long letter that I've been uh, writing, toiling with, not toiling with, because that implies like I've struggled to work with it and against it and through it. I want to write something that my daughter will have when I'm no longer here that, that it's not going to be enough to be her dad for 30 years. And selfishly, I also want to be with her for another 50 years after I'm gone. I want to be here with her as long as I can. And so part of that, I think, is just writing a long letter to her, a 200, 300, whatever it is, page letter. And by do, trying to get my head around that, and this is for you exclusively, 15, the rest of you can do with it what you like. Here's where I started. I started by saying to myself a week and a half ago or whatever it was, just go down and do what you like doing most, what makes you feel most like yourself. And for me, that is writing, expressing myself. And what does that look like? What's the form? How's it going to go? You don't know. You do the morning pages. You declutter your brain a little bit. You simplify things. And over the week, it was like it became clear. All right, if I don't need to declutter my brain, focus on these two things, writing jokes and writing this long letter, uh, statement, manifesto to my daughter around what? What's the form of that? Should it be an advice? Should it be each one of my years or stages in my life, right? It doesn't matter. Just start writing and the morning pages will help you see. And right now, I've landed on the format that what it's going to be is I'm going to write my autobiography for her. I'm going to do it for this is where I've arrived. I'm going to do it to give to to help her understand her old man better to help her understand me better why because i'm worth knowing and narcissistic that's not it at all 
It's actually to give her greater context for her own self. So she can have, she can know about her dad, she can know about her mom, she can know about our relationship, she can know about the challenges we faced individually, together, all those things, to give her a better understanding of from whence she came. That's my thinking. And for now, that's how I'm going about it. I'm going to, do I go backwards, forward, front to back, like where I am now in my life, I'm working back? Maybe. That might be more interesting than starting at the beginning because, uh, you know, I'm not, when I when I want to read about people, I'm like, all right, dude, skip the first fucking seven years of your life and tell me about when you joined the replacements at the age of 12 or whatever it was. You know what I mean, Tommy Stinson? Like, I want to, I want to probably start now and move backward. But had I not gone down there and just did the thing that made me feel most like myself, I probably wouldn't arrived at this is what I want to do. I mean, this is how I want to do it. Just devoting the goddamn brain space to, to the, what makes me feel most like myself, not getting distracted by the errata and nonsense of the modern world in 2023. Okay? So 15, here's what I did. I've been doing that. Like, okay, I think that's what I want to spend the bulk of my time down there in the morning for now. Writing jokes, which I'm just restless to expand my act, and write this missive to my daughter. Well, guess what? On Sunday morning, I arrived at that place where I went down, and I... Now, next to the morning pages journal that I have and the two pens, one black, one blue for alternating days, do I have a laptop that I set up down there and that I can bring over to the table where I have nothing but coffee and water. There's no music playing. I have noise-canceling headphones on so I cannot hear the activity above me in the paper-thin ceiling floor of my house. And I am thrown 100% into this task of writing. There is the laptop, 15. I have already like 60 or 70 pages of this thing that I'm writing for my daughter, but I moved it all to a separate document. I started from scratch, page one, and I wrote an entire page. That's not a lot, right? But it's one one man against the blank page, I wrote 443 words, two paragraphs, that I think are the beginning of the thing, right? The, the, the frame, if you will, for this, this missive to my daughter. I did that on whatever I said, Saturday morning, I guess it was Saturday morning. Saturday or Sunday? Does it matter? Not really, but one of those two days. It must have been Saturday morning because Sunday... between the hours of 3.30 and 5.30 a.m., did my daughter wake up and vomit four times. She had a stomach bug or bad date. She ate, uh, you know, the, did you, you, I'm sure you got that reference, bad date. You'll recognize that as Sala from Raiders of the Lost Ark, cautioning Indiana Jones to not eat bad date. When he's all hyped and he says, they're digging in the wrong place. I am the monarch of the sea. You all remember Raiders of the Lost Ark like I do. (laughs) 
and the uh, little monkey sneaked in there to poison the dates to kill Indiana Jones, and he's about to eat one, and uh, the monkey eats one for himself and dies, and then Sala grabs one out of the air and says, bad date. Anyway, my daughter threw up four times between 3.30 and 5.30 a.m. She then threw up again later Sunday in the mid-morning and then once in the evening when we left her at the next-door neighbor's house. (laughs) But she made it to the toilet each time. She is better. She went to swimming on Monday today, so all uh, apparently as well. Or she's, you know, giving the entire uh, swim practice group and pool botulism. I don't know, but she's She's, she's fine. Thank you for asking. Thank you for wondering how that four-year-old is. So it must have been Saturday morning when I went down there and I wrote 443 words. And I said to myself, this is terrific. What I'm going to do on Sunday when I get up and come down here is I'm going to rewrite the exact same paragraphs, the exact two things, right? meaning rewrite, like get across what I want to say in these two paragraphs. But I'm going to do it as fast as I can. Not thinking about words and quality and syntax and all of that. But to ensure that it's most like my own voice. That I'm not writing in quotation marks or writing with a capital W. That it's in no way self-conscious. right? Writing that says, like, look at me. You know, like rivulets of smoke emanated from her cherry-kissed lips, you know, like shit like that, not like that, writing that sounds most authentically like me and is not self-conscious, and I did that not Sunday morning, but I went down there later and did something else, uh, but I did it this morning, Monday morning, and wrote the two paragraphs at, at about as fast as I could write them, trying to get the sentiment out, and I don't think there was a whole lot of difference, I think I'm, I think the voice that I'm writing in is, is my own and not, uh, you know, not affect, hopefully not too affected or self-conscious or whatever the case may be. So I did that, 15, I did that this morning, and then when I rewrote those two paragraphs, because I knew I had to come up and, and move along with the day, did I close the laptop and then spend 10 or 15 minutes working on material? And I wrote like three jokes. Because I put myself in a situation where I guaranteed I was doing what most made me feel like myself. And it was volitional. I chose it. It wasn't, I wasn't forced to be down there. I mean, certainly talking about it in the podcast and saying I'm doing it is going to help me hold myself accountable like you would if you tell someone you want to lose weight. Well, you say it out loud, tell a bunch of people, and then they're going to call you a fucking baby if you don't do it. I wrote like three jokes and about, again, I think it wouldn't have happened had I not done this last week where, like I said, I think I might have figured out a way to talk about guns and cops, but not coming right down Broadway with it. You know, you can't smash people over the head with shootings. They happen every day. And so we have to talk about them. have to talk about them on stage. There's no uh, asking the 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 shooting lobby and I'm not talking about NRA and all that shit gun people I'm talking about the mass shooter lobby is it okay for us to talk about this and really we're not we're talking about we're being sensitive to people whose lives have been horrifically altered by this menace to society 
but it also is affecting everyone, right? I'm embarrassed, and, and so are many of us. Embarrassed. Embarrassed. It's us, bro. I mean, I know it's who we are, but come on now. You know what I mean? Like, we... Come on. We can put on a halftime show at the Super Bowl. We should be able to get a handle on this, uh, you know, mass shootings in shopping malls. What, what are we doing? But if I've not been in that position, and this is not, this is for 15, so if it sounds like I'm getting high on my horse, I'm not. What I'm trying to do is underline how none of these things would have happened had I not just physically put myself in a place to do what makes me feel most like myself. And the outcomes of doing that last week were clearing my brain of whatever was cluttering it and reflecting on simply the act of putting myself in a place where I was doing what made me most feel like myself and the residual effect of having more swagger on stage just because I was, in a way, living life on my terms in that regard. Also bringing to light the clarity of how do I get into difficult material like guns and cops and shit like that. Well, if I wouldn't have been down there just like twirling around the pencil pen thinking about different ideas, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have been able to uh, start that way of thinking about guns and, and a different approach to writing about something so heavy like that. I wouldn't have refreshed this missive, this letter that is that needs to be written. I'm, I, I only not only want to write this thing for my daughter, I feel obligated, right? If I make it, I, I, she's going to be alive a lot longer, hopefully without a dad, than with a dad, or at least this dad anyway. And... She deserves to have me with her, good, bad, and other. Not like, you know, I'm an advantage, but good, bad, and other with her a lot longer than the time she's going to have with me. So I feel an obligation to do that. The insight into how to write and think about guns, etc., then freed me up when I was finished with rewriting those two paragraphs this morning to work on more gun material with that lens of coming at it you're right I should take a fucking breath and take a goddamn sip you're right I should I am right now but I'm clearly energized by this I can't wait to I don't want to say I can't wait to go to bed tonight but I can't wait to get up tomorrow morning do breakfast, etc., send my daughter off to school, and then go to the basement and spend now 45 minutes, an hour. I mean, how much, how greedy, how selfish in a nondescriptive way. I'm not saying I'm a bad man for being selfish about doing this. Can I be? I'm looking forward to doing that in the morning. Occasionally, I'm looking forward to going to sleep. I mean, I'm always looking forward to go to sleep, but I'm not looking forward to go to bed. You know what I, mean? I, I like to stay up late. I like to tweak out, do a bunch of shit. Um, now, because of last week, I had opportunity this morning to come at this gun thing with like three different new avenues. I said last week that I'm gonna, and I'm gonna try it at Limerick tonight. We'll see what happens. Do 20 minutes <laughs> gun shit. That's good hosting right up top. I said last week maybe, you know, I can come at it by evaluating the cops afterward like we do like 
like uh, uh, sports announcers or people reflecting on a performance after a high-stakes game, like the Nashville Christian. They really had a game plan. They went in. They did what they wanted to do. They got a result. Sometimes you can play a team and you can look at their look in their eyes and say, "We're not losing today," and that's what those cops did. Different, totally different than the fucking cowards in Uvalde, Texas, who didn't even show up. It was like they didn't even know the game was on the schedule. They had no heart. They had no leadership. It was a real, real dark day for the men, women, and non-binary people who wear that uniform. You know what I mean? It's just, it's just sad, right? How was it in Atlanta? Well, you had an active shooting thing the other day. You know, they took their time. They ran their stuff. They executed. You know, they didn't seem to be in a rush. I'm sure they were, you know, they, there was some time pressure to what they were doing. But it took them about fucking 10 hours to, to get the win. But the important thing is they got a win. They didn't take any more losses. They got they got out of there without any injuries, and they'll be able to come back stronger for when the next one happens a couple times. Right. I was, I was, that's what I was talking about. Well, today, here are the premises. Premises, first and foremost, are my daughter is being lied to all the... This is not really one of them, but I did have this thought. My daughter's school, and by the way, she's four, just want to be clear, it was locked down last week when there was an active shooter. But they don't tell these three-year-olds and four-year-olds. And yes, she was three years old when the school first sent a note about, hey, sorry, there's been another horrific shooting. Here's what we're doing to take steps. They don't tell the kids there's a madman out there with a gun. And a madman is a way to flatter that person. There is some asshole who couldn't deal out there, right? Doesn't make you a madman. Doesn't make you interesting. You're not the joker. <laughs> okay, you're not Dave Attell. You're just some fucking asshole who couldn't handle it and took your problems out on someone else. They don't tell the kids that they're that's what's happening. They just say, oh, so and so couldn't come to teach PE class today or do yoga or take them outside or whatever it is. And or they'll tell them like it's the weather's bad. So my daughter's getting these these conflicting images of like, well, why are we staying in? They say the weather's bad, but it's really nice out. That's not really a good premise, but that's what's happening. She's getting it confused. But here's here's a premise. Here's an idea. How about this? I'm okay with AR-15s so long as they are used exclusively for hunting. Okay. Can you, right? Because we talk about people like to have guns, people like to go hunting. Why don't we use the AR 15s for hunting? You know what I mean? That'd be a quick <laughs> pheasant season. <laughs> Did you get me? I got all of them. Like it's over. Well, we just, you just left. I know, but we're headed back because there are no more birds. We killed them all. That's good use of an AR 15. You, you accomplish what you want to do, you kill all the birds. And. You could make the case, and I'm not knocking hunting, but talk about it. You're murdering all the birds, right? And there's no more premeditated form of murder <laughs> than hunting. <laughs> you, have to, you have to get vacation. You have to tell your boss you're going to commit murder. I mean, it's, it's birds. It's deer. It's elk. It's elephants. It's whatever the fuck you want to kill. But you're, it's premeditated killing. We're not that far away from, you know what I mean? But you have to get vacation. You have to go say, excuse me, uh, I need 
two weeks in September off. Why? Well, I'm going killing. What are you going to take? Well, I'm going to take a bow and arrow because if I take an AR-15, I won't really, you know, I, these vacation days are use them or lose them, and I'll be back here in 15 minutes. So I'm going to take a bow and arrow. I think you could make a joke out of using AR-15 for hunting only. I also think you can ponder the curiosity of the gun seller himself. He's not, they're not all homicidal, pro-homicide, pro-mass murder people. Gun sellers, they're not. I'm sure some of them are. I've been to a gun show. It's kind of creepy. I mean, if you're uncomfortable with Nazi and war memorabilia and all that other stuff. And Anyway. They're not all monsters. And you know what? I dare say that uh, a fraction of gun sellers are monsters. Because I think a fraction of the population are monsters, and that applies to gun sellers. But it's also interesting because you know, just from being an adult, you know who you're selling the gun to. You know what I mean? Like, person A could walk into the gun store and say, Hi, I... I'm a 94-year-old woman whose uh, neighborhood has gone to hell, and I'd like a shotgun, please. You're like, yeah, I got you. Here you go, Grand. You know, take care. Make sure you just spray widely, cross your fingers, that sort of thing. But there are other occasions where you, somebody else will come in the store and be like, some fucking sweaty dude in a trench coat, like, hey, dude, what do you, what do you, what do you got for me? And you're like... It's a tough one for me because, you know, as a gun seller, you know, this could go a bad place. I'm going to have to work this out, obviously, at Limerick in a host set, and I'm sure it'll be great for the comics to come after me. <laughs> but the gun seller is going to be, I imagine, somewhat conflicted. Even though the gun seller believes in the Second Amendment and believes in everyone's right and believes that there shouldn't be background checks and all this other shit to liberate the gun, free the nip, free the rifle, free the AR-15, free the pistol. They believe in all that, this hypothetical gun seller I'm coming up with. They're still also probably like, I don't feel so good about this, this one. But you know what? I have margins. <laughs> and he's like, I got, I got kids to feed. And then the gun buyer's like, not anymore. Or I hope I still have kids to feed. He knows. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I'm in a comedy club and I can look in the front row and quickly determine who is most likely to shoot up the place or charge the stage. That's very easy. And I'm an expert only in that I stand in front of crowds all the time. The gun seller also is an expert because he stands in front of people all the time and he can be like, hmm, this one looks a little... But you know what? We all have to. And I can, can you imagine the dissonance? Am I trying to paint an empathetic picture of this person? No. I'm trying to figure out a way to say how fucking ridiculous it is. That uh, you know yourself. There are market pressures, are there not? There are, you know what it is also? There's tremendous normative pressure. Because if you live and die Second Amendment and the NRA is your life and all these subreddits that you're on you have to hold it down even if you're like oh good 
something bad's gonna happen with this one. I hope, I hope it doesn't. So you're just like in that space where you're. you're just make sure you do it to the letter of the law. There are no background background checks. Playoffs. What are you talking about? I think you could come at it that way, because there's a market pressure. This guy's got to make his. He's got kids to feed still. Hopefully, fingers crossed. When this sale is over, and he's under great pressure. Imagine you set up a massive wedding and there comes a moment where you realize I shouldn't be marrying this person and I I should stop it now and I know that. Do you pull the plug and do you uninvite everybody and make them cancel their plane tickets and do you cancel the caterer and you've already made a deposit and you're, you know, you're going to be down on that? Or do you, for lack of a better expression, bite the bullet? Think about this guy. He's about to hand. He's about to end nine to sixteen people's lives in making the sale of this gun. That's pretty fucking powerful. But he's also saying it's not likely to happen. He starts there. It's not likely to happen, which is true. There are way more guns sold than there are mass shootings. That's only because there are fucking 90 million guns bought and sold in this country every single day and only 85 million mass shootings per day. But he knows, statistically, it's unlikely this guy's going to shoot the place up. But he also knows if anybody's going to shoot up the place, it's going to be this fucking guy. You know what I mean? You can tell. You can tell. You can some stereo... You know what I mean? (laughs) So, is it funny? No. Is it a decent premise? Maybe. But the pressure on this man who now understands that this making this sale could end 9 to 16 people's lives. But to, to not sell it to the man, he would say, he would have to cancel the wedding. He'd have to go against the blue. He'd have to go against the thin blue line, the Second Amendment, the NRA, every, the subreddit that he lives in. All those things he would have to mentally work through, and he won't. I want to introduce me to the story of the gun seller who knew somebody was going to shoot up the place and passed on it, passed on the sale, and then that mass murderer went down the street to another gun store and bought that one. Would you please... Scour the internet and send at yesjoesmith at gmail.com. Send me all the examples of the person who stood up and said, I'm not selling it to this guy because he looks too sketchballs. And that guy went down the street and still managed to murder 50 people in a Las Vegas desert or whatever it was. Find those for me. I don't think they exist, to be honest with you. I think people are capable of great things. I don't want to see if that guy exists. Because the gun seller who has his margins, who has his kids to feed, is going to say, if he doesn't get it from me, he's just going to get it from somebody else. That's the rationale we all use to do sketchy shit. Well, if it's not going to be me. It's going to be somebody else, so I might as well profit. Well, yeah, I get it. It's, you know, do you want to change the game or do you want to play the game? So... 
I don't know, 15, if there are bits in here, but I think there are. I think there is something to, if you're going to go hunting, if you're going to buy an AR-15, it has to be exclusively for hunting. You know, where? how many How many did you get? I got all of them. All right, well, uh, we going back out another, I, I exterminated them. <laughs> you're, not, you're not a hunter, you're an exterminator. What am I trying to say? Well... If you have to have an AR-15 in this society, something's wrong, right? The ridiculousness, that's what I'm trying to highlight, of having an AR-15, of having, I'm not a gun person, as you know, but like a, a gun that, you know, can shoot 5 million rounds in 40 seconds. And nobody, not the best good man with a gun can stop a bad guy with a gun. Gun people, you already run the game. It has a very you have a very bad look among people. You know, among who, as they say in soccer, among the neutral. So you may not care about Manchester City versus Manchester United, or really Manchester United versus Liverpool, or Tottenham versus Arsenal, like a big rivalry, right? Like that. In that case, you're called a neutral. So if you're Manchester United, the NRA, certainly Liverpool gun control people are not going to fucking like you. But also, the neutral, the person who's not really super invested in the question, is going to be like, it does seem like a bit of a thing with you guys and these goddamn guns. If you want to improve that PR, and I know part of, you know, having a gun is <laughs> saying PR doesn't fucking matter to me. You know why? Because I have a goddamn gun. And fair enough to you, uh, I get it. But if you wanted to extend an olive branch... <laughs> It's anathema to what a gun is. A gun is a killing machine. It's the opposite of an olive branch. It's an opposite of peace. Well, guns keep the peace. Yeah, I don't know if that's the case or not. It doesn't seem like it. Cops have all the guns. They can't keep the peace. Military has all the guns. They just fucking get indoctrinated. They somehow make them... Going to the military makes you hate the country more. Or makes you hate the government more. Anyway, I'm talking out of my ass now, but... The neutral, if you just say, hey, look, forget about the AR-15. We can just have our shotguns. We can have our hunting rifles. Shotgun for home defense, right? That's what they say you want. You just grab it from the bedside. It doesn't matter what you're shooting at because there's going to be this wild spray of um, buckshot or whatever. What do you call it? Whatever comes out of a shotgun. It's going to neutralize your, your target. How about that? Pistols, yeah, you want to carry one on a city street in case somebody gives you some shit, you pull one out, boom. You want your hunting rifles, you can have those. You can have all those. But the AR-15 seems like a bit of an excessive tool, doesn't it? Seems like a bit of an excess one. So why don't we, if we have to, you know, we don't want to hurt the, the gun sellers, of course, why don't we still sell them but only for hunting? And, and... Hunters, you're all gentlemen. You would abide that code, right? I'm going to use this for hunting pheasants, elk, rhinos. Can you imagine the fucking elephants out there in Africa that are getting poached? It's like, wait a minute, what the fuck? What is this thing this guy's shooting us with? Well, yeah, dude, that's elephant. That's how people, that's how kids feel when somebody walks into the cafeteria with one of those fucking things. Like, this is not supposed to be this way. I think I can come at it that way. Anyway, 15, the point is this. I wouldn't have been able to tweak and test out these half, not half-baked, but think about these ideas and at least have the 
kernel of some bits that I can try if I didn't put myself in that place where I was doing what made me feel most like myself. You may listen to today's podcast and say, well, dude, I'm not sure it was all that productive, but because that stuff's not funny. And I, but I, I'm not sure I share that. I don't, I disagree with that. I mean, they might not be funny. That's very possible. <laughs> I, I, I grant you that. But give me a little time to spin them up, put them on, you know, guy comes in like, you know, sketchy dude in a trench coat, sweating, like, well, you know what, dude, I got kids to feed. I hope. You know, maybe, maybe there's something to that. It's, like, it's also going to be like a, oh, groan too, but, but you should groan when you hear a gun joke, for fuck's sake. should laugh first though it was worth it to me even if these don't turn out to be bits that I use because this is clearly something I care about this gun violence and I've spent at least an hour this week digging into it in a way where I feel I'm like I'm not pounding the audience over the head uh, and lecturing to them you know they might just say yeah it is ridiculous we only use AR-15s for what Uh, shooting up schools and malls why don't we use them? You know how good of a hunter you'd be? I, 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 dude, I murdered them all. And also, I'm, uh, that's premeditation, okay? So, <laughs> I'm just saying, 15, thank you for the support. Thank you for saying that uh, I inspired you. I'd love to hear how whatever the fuck I inspired you to do has translated in your life or whatever, whatever you were trying to convey, which I received fully. But I'd like to hear any outcomes or impact that it's had and uh, i'm sure shy town save me lnc and everybody else who, who listens dexter who i haven't seen in a while dexter i look forward to seeing you pretty soon yeah yeah super blink uh, but yeah I, I imagine other people would hear it because it would inspire them and you know we would keep paying it around so i'm gonna go to bed tonight and i'm gonna get up tomorrow i'm gonna get my daughter off to school and i'm gonna do in the morning before the day really starts i'm going to do more of what makes me feel most like myself and i encourage you to do the same okay i encourage you to do the same i also encourage you to come to limerick i also encourage you perhaps most stridently to come to laughing skull on may 21st 5 p.m and have a really good time with what's your problem for have a great week and i will talk to you on friday thank you for your indulging me Uh, through this process. (laughs) The process is called life, goddammit. Okay, bye, thanks.